everybody. Welcome back to the Tipsy Ghosts. We are your tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hey, guys. Hello. As I was driving over here today, I saw a person with a, a sign, possibly homeless, I'm guessing. I don't know. That's just the vibe I was getting from the sign. Also, it said he was homeless. <laughs> Context, please. <laughs> That's the vibe I'm getting. He's standing on the street with a sign. Also, his sign said he was homeless. It says he's homeless, so I think he might be homeless. <laughs> But was he homeless? It's just a guess. Was this just down the street from it my house? It was just down the street. Yeah. Was this at the highway? It like, was. Yes. <laughs> we, ha- we have a problem. Sorry. Did you read his new sign? I did my not read it. My local friends. Um, no, I try not to. I try not to make eye contact. I pull up and so I that my too. So that my bar, the bar that comes down yeah. between your driver's windshield, between the windshield and your like driver's side window, I want that bar to be between my face and their face <laughs> yeah. so that we it's don't like make I eye contact. You. No. I understand that. What did his sign say? Um, It said, I need $10 so I can buy a DNA test. My girlfriend might be my sister. What? (laughs) I'd contribute. What is with your neighbors? (laughs) Yeah. So I have questions. Um, It's a problem. Can we call Maury? Number one, where does one buy a DNA kit for $10? That was my first question. (laughs) That's creative. 10 yeah, points for creativity. That is a sign I have not seen before. Yes. It's a sign of the times. What are we going to talk about, about tonight, guys? <laughs> well, we went on a little road trip. We did. To Once our favorite again. haunted state. It's turning out that it really is our favorite haunted state because they have the most things to offer for us. And we went to Villisca, Iowa, which is home to <laughs> the Villisca Axe Murder House. Yes. I don't know why I said that so peppy. It's a murder house. The murder house. <laughs> well, I think because this is a location we've probably all been looking forward to. Oh my gosh, for a long time. Yeah. I mean, you hear about it on the shows, on all the TV shows, on all the podcasts. And so it's kind of built up with some pretty creepy history. And I'm going to tell you about it. Mm-hmm. The house itself was built in 1868 on a quiet residential street in Villisca, Iowa. And just to kind of give you an idea, Villisca is tiny. Uh, in fact, we had to go about, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes away to get dinner at Renza. So the house was owned by Josiah Moore and his family, and they bought the house in 1903. The Moore family consisted of Josiah, age 43, Sarah, 39, and their four children, Herman, age 11, Mary Catherine, 10, Arthur Boyd, 7, and Paul Vernon, 5. So they were a well-known family in their community and well-liked as far as everyone could tell. But on June 9th of 1912, the Moore family and two other girls, Ina May, she was eight, and Lena Gertrude, she was 12. These were the Stillinger girls. They all attended church service the evening of June 9th. They got home around 9.45 or 10 o'clock in the evening. So just to point out to Ina and Lena, they were not neighbor kids, as some people thought. They actually lived about seven miles out of town. So they may have been friends with the younger girls in the family, but also they were staying the night because it was closer than going all the way home. That makes sense. Yeah. At 7 a.m. on June 10th, the neighbor, Mary Peckham, became concerned that the family had not come out yet to do their chores at 7 a.m. But guys... I was surprised. Listen, if my neighbor came to my house at 7 a.m. was like, why aren't you awake yet? <laughs> we noticed you haven't got your chickens out. <laughs> We'd have problems, <laughs> that neighbor and I. Yeah. So anyhow, the neighbor was concerned enough that she knocked on the door. She did not get an answer. So she tried opening the front door, but it was locked, which was kind of out of the ordinary for them. So she called Josiah's brother, Ross Moore, to come over and check it out. Ross had a skeleton key, so he just went ahead and let himself in. When he walked in, on the first floor of the house, there's a guest bedroom. When he opened the door, he saw Ina and Lena's body on the bed. He told the neighbor, Mary, to notify the town's peace officer. Not police. That's okay. what it says. Oh, is that where police came from? I have no idea. Don't ask me questions. Peace? I don't yes. know. But that's it. that is what it says That is a tipsy ghost resource. fact. <laughs> yeah, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> I want to say police. But it says peace. Okay. I mean, they're keeping the peace. (laughs) Maybe it is. So they arrived shortly after. And matter of fact, two of the deputies quit right away saying they don't get paid enough to deal with whatever they were about to see. I feel that. Yeah. Apparently as a peace officer, you have that. 
Well, it's a small town. They probably don't see like a brutal murder like this. Yeah. I feel like police officers are like, no, you got to go in and see. But if you're a peace officer, mm-hmm. they're like, you get to choose. Maybe they were too small to have a police department. If that it didn't, have been it, honestly. If it didn't include peace, it wasn't for them. And what happened was not peaceful. I would like to be a peace officer. I don't want to. <laughs> I just keep only for hearing peace. police. <laughs> <laughs> so the only peace officer. <laughs> That went in was Hank Horton, and he searched the entire house, and this is when, sadly, he found the Moore family upstairs. Everyone in the house had been bludgeoned to death. The murder uh, the murder weapon was an axe that belonged to Josiah, and it was found in the guest room where Ina and Lena were staying and were murdered. Doctors concluded that the murders had taken place sometime between midnight and 5 a.m., Two cigarette butts were found in the attic, which suggested that perhaps the murderer waited patiently in the attic until everyone in the house was asleep. The killer started in the master bedroom where Sarah and Josiah were sleeping, and unfortunately, Josiah got at the worst out of anyone in the house. His face was cut so badly that his eyes were missing. Do you think that was because he was probably the biggest threat? Probably, is my guess. Yeah. Are you just um, looking past the fact that his eyes were missing? Yes. Uh, I added that just for you. I am ignoring that. I like your little comment, too. Thank you. I caught it. Ignoring it? (laughs) We're just overlooking that. Ignore things that hurt me. We'll we'll see past it. (laughs) Ignoring this entire conversation. We'll look past it this time. I am in my happy place. (laughs) It is a lovely place away from my house. (laughs) So his eyes were gone. I really don't know. They were missing. There's also a gouge mark on the ceiling where the murderer lifted the axe to kill... Josiah. So Josiah died first, likely? That is what they say. Yes. Again, biggest threat. You take out yeah. the biggest threat. Interesting. Everybody put that in your in your pocket for a second. We'll talk about it later. Okay. One interesting fact is that the murderer used the blade of the axe to kill Josiah, but they used the blunt end on the rest of the victims. The murderer killed Sarah next before heading to the children's room with Herman, Mary Catherine, Arthur, and Paul. And all of the children were killed the same way as their parents. Well, I guess I should say the same as way as Sarah. Sarah. Mm-hmm. So the murderer then went back into Josiah and Sarah's room where he went ahead and inflicted a few more blows to their heads. And then he also, or they, also knocked over a bloody shoe. They went downstairs and killed Ina and Lena last. So when investigators were looking around the house, they found a four-pound slab of raw bacon found next to the axe on the floor, as well as some untouched food on the table that looked like whoever was the murderer had enjoyed a meal, and some bloody water in a cup. There was also oil lamps. Um, that's, you know, how they were seeing at this time. There was no electricity, I don't believe. The house was not wired for electricity while we were there. Or ever. Or ever. <laughs> they didn't take the electricity out from the 1918s. <laughs> okay, good point. So they were using oil lamps, and those were still at the end of the bed with the wicks ripped in half. Hmm. That is apparently very unusual. I'd have to see it to understand more what they were talking about. Unfortunately, most of the evidence was destroyed by townspeople who had just trampled through the house and checked it out for themselves. Yeah, they weren't real good at securing the scene back in those days, I think. No, and, you know, the more we talk about these crimes, I feel like that's a common thing. They just, all this evidence gets destroyed. Well, and to be fair, it's not like they knew a ton about, like, evidence testing back then, so they probably didn't know the importance of securing the crime scenes. That's true. It's not like they were, like, testing blood and stuff, you know? Why do a bunch of people want to come to a crime scene? Are they all, like, just as grossly curious as we are? Why why do people go to an abandoned house that was a murder scene? They said 1,500 people, though, came through, which I feel like that's more than the town of Valeska. Oh, 100%. So it was obviously it was probably like people, people yeah. Because, again, it probably never happens. Yeah. Are it the doesn't. bodies still there when people come through it? I don't think so. Doubt it. I'm sure they took them away. They didn't say, but I'm assuming that they were gone. I'd like to assume that. All right. So investigators thought that all of the victims had been asleep when they were murdered, except for Lena. She was found lying crosswise in the bed and had defensive wounds on her arm. So they believe that she was actually trying to fight back. Yeah. She probably woke up by then. Yeah, I know. That's so sad. If she was the last one, I can't believe she was even sleeping, you know, during the first part when Ina was murdered. So um, it was also noted that her nightgown was pushed up and she had no underwear on. Hmm. And some suggested that she may have been sexually assaulted. Now, I did clarify this with Johnny because I don't remember him saying that in the history. And I feel like that would have stuck out a little bit. 
So what he said was that none of that was even thought about until a year later when somebody wrote a story about the murders. And basically, whoever wrote the story put it in there as a headline to kind of gain more attention. But nobody, she hadn't really been there was no opposed it, in yeah. a way. Yes, exactly. They don't really think that she was sexually assaulted, but they went ahead and put this. And the, the article said something along the lines of, quote, no doubt the work of a sexual pervert because he did it naked with the underwear on his head. What? And like How I said, know that? this was a whole year later. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It sounds like it was probably untrue. Yeah, sounds. Fake. But if she was, that's horrible. So, um, and an investigator from Kansas City shows up and guess what? Sadly, he was drunk. <laughs> he did not represent Casey well. Or did he? Well, <laughs> you know, I don't know what kind of work he did there. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Several suspects were investigated, included a lot of transients. There, it's, this was pretty close to a railroad track. And that was just an easy way for people to go from town to town. Sometimes they'd stop and hang out. And if they were, then they were questioned. Didn't really matter if they were there, not there. If they were concerned at all, they were questioning everybody. Yeah. And a lot of people want to talk about the same suspects over and over. Um, probably the most interesting one you're going to hear about is Reverend George Kelly. Ooh, a pastor. Yeah, he was a minister in the town. Um, and he was just there for the night of the murders. He was in doing one of the church services that they attended. And he left the next morning at around 5 a.m. Okay. So he left the morning that the bodies were found. So because nobody knew who he was. So other things about him. He actually confessed to the murders in court. Okay, well, that sealed it. (laughs) But the jury didn't believe him. So it turns out he suffered from some mental health issues, which had everyone questioning his credibility. And ultimately, he was tried twice and acquitted both times. How can you be tried twice? This is probably before Double Jeopardy. Probably before Double Jeopardy. Okay. I didn't get that deep into it, but that's my guess. And it turns out he ended up going to like a mental health hospital a while later. So there was some questions about credibility Hmm. as far as his storytelling was going. Okay. Okay. So the other thing that I thought was interesting was another person named Henry Lee Moore, and he was not related to the other Moores. He was a suspected serial killer who was convicted of killing his own mother and grandmother with an axe several months after the Velisca murders. So they were like, uh, obviously, it's got to be him. Yeah. And Two murders by axe. Mm, doesn't happen. <laughs> the other one that got a lot of headlines was a person that they called Blackie Mansfield. Um, everybody talked about how he was African-American and he was this cocaine-addicted slaughterhouse murderer. But he was not. He was a white man, not addicted to cocaine, and he just was... Given that title. Interesting Mm -hmm. that his story got twisted so much. Yeah. Well, the way that Johnny kind of explained it is is it was pretty much a witch hunt for about five years after the murder. Since they had nobody and it was such a small town. Then tons of people were questioned. But, I mean, ultimately, nobody knows who did it. And it's Iowa's coldest. No. And it's Iowa's oldest cold case. Coldest cold case. Which would make it the coldest. It is the coldest. And are they still investigating it, or have they just pretty much... I didn't hear him say anything about still investigating it. It's just a cold case. So just one more thing about the house. In 1994, the house was purchased by a man named Darwin. He wasn't super familiar with the paranormal, but um, he went ahead and purchased it so it didn't get torn down. After other people caught wind that he purchased the house, they continuously asked if they could come investigate for any paranormal activity. He finally allowed people to come through... And our friend Johnny Hauser, who I have mentioned a couple times, came into the picture about 20 years ago and started, you know, taking care of the house. The house has been remodeled to fit the time, so it's in great shape right now. But after Johnny came onto the picture, the house started picking up a lot of traffic in the TV world and um, any of the podcasts. Yeah, and all the paranormal world. So it's been featured on many shows, including BuzzFeed Unsolved, Destination Fear, and of course, Ghost Adventures. Sack, sack, sack. That was hardcore. What did he call it? He's, he said it's the... Probably a demon house. No, it's the the greatest demonstration of good and evil, something like that. That sounds just that like sounds something like Zach would say. <laughs> and this was a private investigation. Yeah. It was. So, so it's just the three of us. Sarah and I got there first. Yep. And we met the newest member of the Tipsy Ghost crew. According to you, not according to me. 
Um, I beg to differ. You warmed up to her. Mm, have you seen the picture? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> there is there's a cat. Mm-hmm. It's a gray, sweet cat that is uh, – she just roams around. Johnny said that she's just a cat that comes around. He doesn't know the name. Mm-hmm. He's, she, I called her Shadow, mm-hmm. so that is now her name. So Shadow has been on several TV shows, the, you know, the Ghost Adventures, the Destiny, Destination Fears that came through. She's very famous. She's very sweet. And I love her. And we fell in love with her. And then Lindsay came and we took a group picture, <laughs> the four the four tipsy ghost girls. Lindsay's the fun sucker. Here we go. Lindsay hates cats. Just the girls. <laughs> All four of us girls. <laughs> we did. Do you know Shadow's a girl? Yeah, we checked. Oh, okay. That seems invasive. <laughs> I mean, I, I briefly checked, so but I, I'm pretty sure. I asked her. I will say there's also an apartment complex across from the Velisca Axe Murder House, so... I'm sure Shadow gets like fed and Oh yeah, she looked she looks well cared for. Yeah. Yes. So do you want me to do you want me to explain the house a little bit or do you want to explain sure. the house? Yeah, you want to explain the house? I know we said it's small. <laughs> the house is pretty small. It actually does not have a functioning bathroom in it. Fun fact, you have to go outside to a barn. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's is, like an office and bathroom. Yeah, they use it for their office area. It's a really mm-hmm. clean space, thank goodness. We went out there several times. But um, the house itself is very small. There's a kitchen when you walk in through the back door, a parlor room, which is where we slept, and then the guest bedroom mm-hmm. downstairs. And then a very tight staircase upstairs. One person staircase. Yes, for sure. And as soon as you get to the top of the stairs is the master room, master bedroom. Mm. Are we supposed to be saying master bedrooms anymore? The main bedroom. Thank you. Uh, at the primary. very top of the stairs is the primary bedroom where Josiah and Sarah slept. It was a pretty tiny bed. I was impressed that they were sharing that bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like literally you get off the staircase and the bed is right there. Yes, there is. It's not like a, a loft. Lot of, there, yeah. is no, there is no door. No, there's exactly. no door. And then just down the hallway a little bit is the children's room when they had two beds and a crib. I mean, they made it work. Yeah. So the other thing I thought was interesting is the attic. When I had seen all these shows, I assumed that the attic was up another floor, but it is not. It is on the same level. As the primary room and the children's room is just off to the side a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there is a double doorway where you have to duck, Lindsay learned. Oh, my gosh. Why is the attic important, though? The attic is important because, as I mentioned, they believe that the murderer hid out in the attic until everybody was asleep. So that is just creepy to me. Yeah. So um, the first recording that we have to go over is when I got there, we went to dinner pretty much right away. And like you said, we had to drive a bit. (laughs) So we left a recorder going on. I called it the piano room. It's the parlor downstairs. We left it literally on top of the piano. So like we said, this place has no air conditioning, no heat, no no electricity. No electricity and no running water. No running water, nothing. There is an apartment complex across the street. So I did get some background noise because this is like prime time. It's like 7 p.m. Yeah. I did catch a lot of bangs and thuds, but again, this is prime time. It could have been people driving, could have been car doors. I don't know. At one point, I thought I heard footsteps and a girl scream that sounded not as distant as all of the other, like, children playing that I could hear. I think – I'm not sure. <laughs> it's hard to tell, like, what is, like, kids playing and, like, what is, like, maybe something. Um, I heard shuffling. I heard footsteps, but then I put – or it could be bass from a car driving by. Who knows? <laughs> okay. That's the hard part about when you have, like, audio from, like, when people are still awake and it's light outside yeah. and all this. I did catch one thing that I literally don't know what it is. And I put, I don't even know. And I want you guys to listen to it because I want to catch your reactions. That sounds like a fart. <laughs> a ghost sounds fart. like a ghost fart. We've been wondering. <laughs> But I have no idea what that was. I think the mystery has been solved. <laughs> Can you just picture your ghost lifting up their leg and just ripping one? And then like, do, they, do they lift up their ghost sheet too? Yeah, yeah. right on the recorder. Mm-hmm. I will say 10 seconds before that, I think I caught like a cough or a loud thud. Man, it's a gassy ghost. <laughs> and so I was like listening to all this white noise. I'm like, what is this? I heard footsteps at one point um, and then another thud as well. So banging and thudding. I don't know if it was something outside or what it was, but that ghost fart sounded close. It did. And I was like, is that a lawnmower? Is that like a car? Like, I couldn't tell what it was. It could have been a ghost blowing raspberries into the 
like that. Yes, that is what the ghost was doing. I think could so. have been children, mm. like ghost kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like ghost kids. Like I thought you meant outside again. I'm like, I don't think like the what? murderer is blowing raspberries into our recorder. <laughs> but you never know. Next, we came back. Yes. And we decided to go upstairs and do a live. And I will say we each have our recorders. And so we're kind of copying the same stuff that's going on, but our recorders were placed at various points of the house. Right. So my recorders were all from the attic. Lindsay, yours were from the children's room. Yes. And Boydson's were from Sarah and Josiah's room. Yes. Okay. So we do have some overlapping recordings, but from different areas of the house. So we'll just start kind of section by section. And the first one was when we were on an Instagram live and the recorder is of Sarah and Sarah during a live in the attic. So right as we turn it on, the REM pod goes off. And I will say that we got a ton of flashlight activity. The entire night. They were very responsive. Boydston and I were in here talking. Lindsay was out walking around with the phone doing the Instagram live. And then a one point I said, do you like the dolls? And you can hear a growl. I will say also, Boyston says, into the recorder, spoiler alert, it's always my stomach. But that being said, you called out every other stomach growl. You're very good at calling out your stomach. Yes. Thank you. And we are very good at calling out your stomach for you. <laughs> Sometimes it's not. <laughs> I know. And there were dolls in the attic. So that's why you're yes. asking about the dolls. Yes. The dolls were creepy. Um, As they are. Yeah, one of them looked like Sid from Toy Story. That's yeah, what we called I did it. Not like it. Yeah, it was a little, a little creepy. We did have a cat toy in there, and that did go off while Boydston was talking about the mirror portal experiment, just briefly. Oh yes, um, talk about the mirror in there. Yeah, basically, it's a uh, an experiment. I don't remember the guy's name. I'm I sorry, but there, it's a black mirror, and duplicate black mirrors have been placed in different locations one location that also has a black mirror is malvern manor and the thought is that the black mirror you can do two things so the first thing you can do is scry which we've talked about in previous episodes Mm -hmm. and then another is that it can be a portal to where spirits can jump from location to location using these mirror portals so it comes with, uh, it's an experiment that this guy is doing and it comes with a binder with instructions and yeah, it's just sort of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Which we do come back to that. We do. And, and Lindsay joins Boyston and I in the attic and we all kind of start talking about the cat ball going off in the other room. Boyston says she sees different colors going off in the other room and Lindsay hears something moving out there. Mm-hmm. And there was a high pitched noise I caught on the recorder and Boyston heard it and called it out. I have spirit ears. You do. Look at you. Well, so after this is when I believe you guys started in with your recordings also. And I have a question because early on my recording, I am out, like you said, doing lives. And I am apparently not allowed in the closet under no circumstances, I was told, was I to come into the attic. Um, that was because I want to okay. know why. All right, let's <laughs> you get never there. Told me, you just told me to stay away. Let yep, me tell you well, because there. you were on, you were recording yes. live video, right? So I had just sat on a wasp. <laughs> there <laughs> were why. there were many it was a dead wasp. There were many dead wasps around, yeah. and I happened to sit on one. I said it popped under my butt, <laughs> and it hurt really bad. So I, 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 Sarah had to pull the stinger out of my my butt cheek, and so I had my pants pulled down, and that's why you couldn't. <laughs> I'm just hearing closet. about this for the first time. You yes. pulled your pants down, yeah. and I pulled out a dead wasp finger from <laughs> her butt cheek. I hear this. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I understand now why I was not allowed yes. in. So she said, in "Under my- no circumstances <laughs> are you allowed." In my recording, she's telling me this, and I'm like, "Well, fine." That <laughs> is why. That? I knew you sat on the wasp while we were there, but I did not know that she had to pull the stinger. It kept out. hurting. I knew there was I'm something a good there. Friend. You were such a good Thank friend. You. <laughs> I have that we got a ton of flashlight responses, like you said. I yeah. mean, it was just nonstop. We would, like intelligent, like we would ask it to turn off. We would ask questions. It would turn on. All over. We had one set up in the master room, one in the attic. Children's room. Children's room. Okay. And all three were going off at various points. Yes. Um, um, Lindsay smashed her head on the doorway <laughs> for the first time. And it was a reoccurring theme. And then I want to point out that Boyston and I both asked, are you okay? Right Thank away you. before we left. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. I really do. We learned our lesson. You did. <laughs> I did catch what I thought was a laugh. None of us laughing right before Boyston says, hello. Okay. 
I have that the Sarahs did the Muffin Man sketch, and I said, I, again, cannot leave the two of you alone, because I went downstairs at this point to get something. <laughs> this is how that. this goes. Uh, I got another growl, and nobody called it out as a stomach. Okay. Boyston asked the spirits to give Lindsay a kiss on the cheek. Yes, she's like <laughs> throwing me up there. I'm really trying for you. Uh, somehow we get on the topic of knee pee. Knee pees. What? Knee pee. I don't know. We were going on and on and on about a, a pee in the knee. Like yeah. pain in the knees? No, like a pee size something. And oh, then we talked about I'm knee pee. urine. Okay. And Boyston calls out that she's chilly. Which <laughs> we went in May. It is not cold there. No. Somebody says, do you know? And we both go, the Muffin Man? Yes. <laughs> Who lives under Elaine? And we go, not my count drop buttons. <laughs> I cannot. Imagine me who is downstairs not there for this and having to listen to this recording. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening with them? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> this is early in the night. We are not like... It's just us. It's just us. This is just us. <laughs> I put that I heard a growl. <laughs> Hold on. I wrote down some gems in this one that you cannot skip. Okay. The flashlight came on and we go, it's your time to shine. Um, and then after you turned on your intensity, uh-huh. you had to come back into the room and Boyston said, come on in, Gandalf the Great. Why did you call me Gandalf the Great? I don't know who that you, is. I don't. You don't know who Gandalf the Great is? No. Because you keep hitting the your head. You hit your head. Lord of the Rings. Did I say that? <laughs> yes. And you explained to her that it was. I did keep hitting. I am not tall. I am average. I'm five foot seven. <laughs> five foot seven on a good day. I'm probably more like five six if I'm being honest. Oh god. I must have just watched something. I caught several growls in the attic. I caught one too, and it was very faint because, again, my recorder is in yeah. the kids' room. But I heard it live, and I called it out, and I, you guys did not. I did catch a whistle and a growl, and then I called out that I was hearing tapping in the attic when I was outside of the attic, debunking things. And you guys said you were not moving, and it was not you. But yep. I didn't catch anything. So after the live, we stayed in the attic for a, a short while. We were talking more about the mirror, and we were all, you're supposed to position yourself where you don't see yourself or any light, and it's just supposed to be dimly lit. Mm -hmm. And so we all had ourselves positioned, and we were kind of in the moment. We Sarah and I were trying to open our doors, and so Lindsay gave us a moment. Um, She was reading the instructions out loud, and I said, can you please read that in your inside voice? And she starts reading again, and I was like, no, like, in your inside your head voice. like." And then she starts reading, and I was like, no, like, read it in your head. Well, then, Lindsay had been drinking. And I – It was really funny. When I drink sometimes and get tipsy, I get very dumb, and it just happens. And I got very dumb tonight. We had a great time. There's a couple of examples of that, and I loved every moment. So sorry. Like, I – listening back to these, I'm cringing. And I wasn't drunk. (laughs) I was just tipsy, and I was so dumb. Who cares? We had a great time. We had a great time. So we, Sarah and I open our doors and Sarah tries to get Lindsay to open her door. (laughs) I did. She's talking her through. I guided you. How she does it. Uh And there's some interesting things that go on (laughs) during her door. But while we were doing that, I get an EVP that says, help. 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 Ooh, I didn't know it was then. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. While you were opening your doors. Yeah, you guys were very concerned about what I see when I open my door. And we've talked about this before, I feel like. I don't think, no, that was the first that I (laughs) I feel like you sounded surprised. (laughs) Like, not on the podcast, but I feel like we have talked about this, like, when we've been ghost hunting before. Maybe not. I don't know. forgot. Okay. Okay. I'm wondering if me sounding so dumb was because I kept hitting my head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right before that. So just a few seconds after my help EVP, I get like a soft exhale, just like somebody like exhaling right next to the recorder. And keep in mind, my recorder is in Sarah and Josiah's room. That's right. And we're all in the attic. So these things are right next to the recorder that I hear. Mm -hmm. And so it's pretty compelling. Lindsay, uh, I asked her to go, I think, downstairs to get my bag or something. Yes. And so she tries to exit the room and 
she like smacks, <laughs> whacks her head <laughs> her she did. on the door frame. I could hear me yelling from my recorder that was in the kids' room. Yeah, I was like, Lindsay, you're supposed to crouch. She's like, I thought I was crouched enough. <laughs> I really did. And then Sarah says, crouching tiger, hidden Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. I thought it was clever. I think this is why I was so dumb the entire time. <laughs> I hit my head two or three times. I probably was like losing (laughs) some brain cells at this point. I had a massive headache. (laughs) I do want to say that about 45 seconds after I whacked my head for the second time in the children's room, I caught a breath and exhale on the recorder. They were like a... They they probably were fine. They were like... Did she just hit her head again? (laughs) When will she learn? (laughs) Or maybe they were laughing at crouching... Lindsay, hidden dragon. Crouching tiger, <laughs> hidden Lindsay. Oh, I thought I was the crouching. <laughs> no, you, you know? weren't because oh. you hit your head. It's hidden. Okay. That <laughs> I don't know. Like, it made sense in the moment. <laughs> it, it did. So you come back in and we were talking about the different devices. You might have been doing a little bit of night vision. I was talking about the devices that we had in the room. We had like a rim pod, a cat ball, a flashlight. Um, I think we were just breaking out Phasma box at that time. And there's a little whisper when I was talking about the devices. Ooh. So right before you started the Phasma box, I, um, well, Boyston and I were talking about how we could see in our mind's eye, if you will, kids in the room. You guys were both very tuned in this well, night. Yes, we were. Once your doors opened. Yes, it helped that we were alone, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, the history kind of revved up everything as well, but plus it was just like a really cool place. Anyways, the attic, specifically, I could, I kept saying how I was seeing a girl in the corner, and Boyson was talking about how she could see several kids running around, in her mind's eye, in the um, attic. Yeah. So at one point, I say out loud, can you tell me your name? And I hear something on the recorder. I don't know what it is, or if we'll be able to isolate it, but, and then the flashlight turns on. And at this point, I do uh, get the Fesla box. And like Boyson said with the mirror, we were all kind of set up around it. I was sitting like directly kind of off to the side of it, but like closest to it. Yeah. And I had the Phasma box on, so noise canceling. I'm hearing the Phasma box, and I'm just looking directly into the mirror the entire time. My back is actually to you guys. Yeah, and so while you're on the Phasma box, it seems like you are talking to a little girl. Did it? Mm-hmm. See, I did not have this recording, so I don't know what happened that time. Boyston and I say, can you help show her that you're real? And you respond, yes, I'll show you. Yes. And we say, how would you like to show her? And you say, now. I complain of back pain (laughs) continuously. And you say, that isn't me. And right at this time, the flashlight and the cat ball go off. And Boyston says, can you push the ball off of the doll? And Lindsay says, no, where is it? And then you also say camera. And this is when our night vision camera was on. And I say, just to be weird, do I look like I have hair? (laughs) We had the night vision. (laughs) And Sarah wanted to make sure she wasn't bald in it. (laughs) I know that you're wondering why my hair is so crazy. (laughs) It it looked very similar to what it looks like right now. And in the night vision, I could see it. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) We say, who's here with us? And Lindsay says, you are. What's your name? And you say, me. And then we say, how old are you? And you say, five. And we say, what's your favorite color? You say, everything. And then you say, hello there, it's me. And I can hear just a little bit of what the voice sounds like. And it yeah. does sound like a little little kid voice. I do remember hearing through. little kid voices coming through. And then you shush us, like, shh. And then you say, thank you. Oh. <laughs> At one point, we were asking, were you hurt here? And at that point in Sarah and Josiah's room, I hear like a either a click or a tap. Lindsay's still in the Phasma box. I hear a click in the corner and call it out. And then you say, I'm dying. Hmm. And then we, sell, we say, can you tell us what you're looking for? And you say, speak up. I'm 12 years old. And then the flashlight came on. I continue to complain about back pain a lot. And you say, Danger. And introduction, and we start introducing ourselves, and you say, hello. We say, thank you for the flashlight. Is that how you respond? And you say, it is. And I say that I hear kids laughing, which is real creepy. We say, did someone hurt you? And you say, someone. I say, I'm seeing the Sarah figure. This is when I start seeing Sarah. You'll see this for the rest of the night. Um, I know we mentioned in our mind's eye, right? But I kept thinking I was feeling Sarah from here on out. I didn't see kids really. And Sarah meaning the mother. Right. Yes. 
Yes. After I call out that I feel like I'm seeing the Sarah figure on my recorder, I hear some weird breath or breathing noise. I say she, she's confused. And Lindsay says with the Phasma box, I tried and it's too much. Um, I just keep saying over and over, she's sad. In fact, I'm really annoyed at myself listening back because I say that so many times. It's like, oh my God, we get it. She's sad. But that's what I kept saying over and over and over. I hear a click in the room and I say she's in her room looking at her husband. She's sad and that she's sad that he's dead. And Lindsay says, of course. And I say, where are your kids? And you say that you hear kids' voices Mm -hmm. and the flashlight comes on. We say, Sarah, are your kids here with you? And we hear a noise and there's something on the recorder. Sarah, your children are here with you. I can hear a quiet growl as opposed to a very loud growl and two high-pitched sounds. I will say in the kids' room where my recorder was, I caught a growl as well. Ooh. I, I caught an EVP of a woman's voice. It sounds like she's saying, boo. Spooky. It could be saying something else, but that's Spooky what I heard. Season. And then I hear a knock and a tap um, when we walked out of the room and a loud thun, thud. And then I hear a woman's voice again. So apparently several times this woman's voice came through. Like as an EVP cause, or through yeah. the phasma box? No, as an EVP or okay. like I can hear it coming through. Um, and then the REM pod went off without any of us in there because we had gone back out of the room before I came back and restarted this. Right. And the REM pad went off by itself. And you can hear a tap in the room and a voice, another tapping, lots of tapping. And I wrote the cat was upstairs somewhere. This is when Shadow entered. Yes. So we are done in the attic and we need to take a little bathroom break. Bathroom yes. again is out in the barn. So we have to leave. And as soon as we open the door, Shadow, Shadow runs in yes. and it scares me half to death. He just bolted yes yes she was ready to come in and i tried to grab her and she ran upstairs <laughs> and i was like okay this is it she's here now so while we were out in the bathroom though i did hear a loud thud on the recorder okay okay and it's like in you can tell it's in the house it's because mm-hmm. you can only hear the doors of the house slamming like an opening you don't yeah. hear after we walk more than five feet from the house you don't hear anything additional um so it's not the barn doors is something in the house. In the next half of the night, we are in mostly the children's room, a little mm-hmm. bit of the hallway by Sarah and Josiah's room. It's little, all very connected. It's very connected. And we do the phasma box. We do night vision. We get flashlight responses, cat balls. Um, and so for the cat ball, sometimes it goes off on its own. Most of the time, though, Lindsay is kicking it. <laughs> she kicked it about five Five plus times. This is a very small house, okay? And it is dark. There is no electricity. So I am not, like, I, I don't know. That she, must be the part where I wrote, sounds like a ball rolling. That's me. We're in the other room. So, Boydson, you're going to start with the phasma box. E- yes. Okay. I got you saying, <laughs> there's girls here. And podcast, when I introduced us, I said, I'm Lindsay. Yeah. This is my friend Sarah and Sarah. And you said podcast. Which is weird because I don't think that they would know what a podcast is. I thought that was unusual, too. I didn't want to sound like a skeptic. They're not just spirits from that time. Boydson felt something on your right shoulder. Yeah. So let me just interject here just really quick. We at one point had a, um, we took a a quick break and we were downstairs in the parlor Mm -hmm. um, in our kind of our safe zone. And we get on the recorder and we call it a tipsy heart to heart. (laughs) And we're talking about our feelings. Oh, I do. In the house. Yeah. Oh, and no. so just to summarize. Oh, no, no, no. I, I know how I felt. <laughs> I mostly said that I felt heavy. And I, I do say that I didn't know what people meant when they said it feels heavy. And I thought it was cliche until I came here. And I said, it just feels totally different. Like when you enter, it just feels almost sad. I said that I had chest pain in the attic. I had uh, stomach pain in the living room. Which chest pain is kind of your tell. It is. It is. (laughs) I said I had a headache in the kid's room. I said that I had this like arm and back. I called it weirdness, but then I later (laughs) explained that it was like almost cobwebby feeling. 
Okay. So maybe I was being touched on the arm or the back. And I just said overall, I think Sarah and I agreed. It was just a different vibe. For sure. Than places that we had been to before. Sarah said that she felt just sadness. And she said that she had almost an unwillingness to open herself up. And she said, I think knowing that people and kids died here and so horrifically is weighing on me. Um, she said that she felt a headache kind of right down the middle and she also acknowledged that that was kind of cliche, especially with, you know, an ax murder house Mm -hmm. and people being murdered with an ax in their head. And, um, but she said that that's what she felt and we kind of left it off whenever we went to the attic and Sarah just kept saying like, Sarah's in the corner, she cries and that's going to be like the recurring theme. She yes. keeps saying like Sarah's in the corner. She's very sad. And so Sarah says that she's getting a headache again right between the eyes. As soon as she says that, I get an EVP saying I'm here. At least that's what I think it says. And it's a whisper Ew. right as somebody starts to move. Creepy. So now we can go into whatever happened with my phasma session. Um, so while you were doing phasma box, Sarah, you talked of a little girl being there in the room with us. You asked her to come out and to stop hiding, and Boydson said, stay out. Boydson said the name Julie. Um, we asked, is that your name? And Boydson said, right now. <laughs> we asked, what is this place to you? And Boydson said, happy. It's our favorite thing to ask. Um, probably the saddest response you got through the Fasten Box said, we're dead. It's dreadful. Aww. And we were like, that's exactly what we said. <laughs> yeah. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I can't yeah. imagine. We asked how many are here in the house with us. Boydson, there's nine outside. Hmm. We asked if all of them were nice like you. Yes, some are. Okay. Uh, and then she said, help and you fool. Which I felt like that was directed at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... I was an idiot. Oh, can we play this out? Yes. Let's do it. To Lindsay's credit, I have headphones on and I open my eyes. I usually have my eyes closed, but I open my eyes and I see her doing night vision. Mm -hmm. And I thought she had it pointed to herself. So I said, is this Lindsay's vlog? But I still have headphones on. So she thinks I'm doing phasma. And I said, hello, are you talking about me? And I'm like, no, no, that was me. And then Sarah's laughing in the background. Did you know that my name is Lindsay also? And Sarah's like, what? And I go, no, I mean, like, it was me. It, It's me, Boydston. What? I'm like, no, like, my headphones are off. And she still wasn't getting it. And she it. goes, oh. And, and just- Sarah goes, you thought that was spirits? <laughs> And I said, I was very impressed. You thought his spirit was like, is this Lindsay's vlog? It's me, Boydston. They said podcast earlier. You know, I'll give you that. She had her headphones in the entire exchange. And so finally she pulled her headphones out and said, my headphones are off. And I was like, oh. Mind is blown. That was hilarious. It's funny because Sarah's. I'm so dumb. I'm so dumb. Sarah is in Sarah and Josiah's room at this time. Just listening. And you to can just being hear her being like, what is she talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, because you have the recorder <laughs> that I'm talking into going, what? I sound like the world's biggest idiot. <laughs> you start getting flashlight responses when you speak German. Oh, my German was amazing. Yes. And I know I just pissed you guys off. I have Not that me. as well. Okay, good. Boydston, you said Sarah, Sarah twice through the Phasma box. Mm-hmm. I'm confused. Is Sarah here? Oh. So, so then Sarah switches over. And she keeps getting the same two voices, a man and a woman. And some of the responses that I get, uh, has anybody killed? He's a monster. It was a rough night. I'm an adult. That was a response to how old are you? Lindsay's, or Sarah said, I'm an adult. And then we said, did you have children? Mm-hmm. And we got six, which there were... Mm-hmm. They had four biological and then two were spending the night. There were six children in the house. (laughs) And that was in a man's voice, you said. A very deep man's voice. And after you said that, we go, are you the man who hurt the children? You say, he's the one. Mm -hmm. And then we hear, this is a cult. Sarah, scream, don't hurt him. Sarah came through a lot. Like the name Sarah did. And during this time also is when I... (laughs) Annoyed both of them with my breathing. <laughs> and we had our own sack and Aaron moment. Okay, let's replay this. Okay. I had my headphones on just. I'll, she had her FYI. headphones on. I'll be Sarah. <sighs> Did you just breathe on me? 
Boydson says, yes. And I say, I went. <sighs> I don't know if you can feel that, though. Sarah said, did you just breathe on me again? Yes. I, I go, yes. Oh, my God. Stop breathing to Lindsay. And Lin- Sarah says, stop breathing. Why are you doing that? And then I call <laughs> Lindsay an aggressive breather. So, again, okay. the way they're reenacting it makes me sound like a total butthole. But you what you're forgetting is that I had my headphones on. I can't hear them talking. And so I thought it was a ghost breath, right? right. And when you I answered, I couldn't hear you answer because I still had my headphones on. <laughs> so I so demonstrated. An of what I just did. And I was like, wait, was that you? <laughs> I and thought then, maybe I was just special and got two ghost breaths, but it was Lindsay. It was me <laughs> And then I finally times. heard Poison go, yes, and I thought she was annoyed at me. And, and then like, you told oh me God. to stop breathing. Always. <laughs> maybe that's no, what I heard. I told, I told you to it stop was breathing. Poison. I go, oh my God, stop breathing. I have Sarah saying, stop breathing. Why are you doing that? <laughs> I didn't say that. It was me. <laughs> Before we leave, though, I just want to add that on my recorder, which is going in the attic during this session... I caught uh, what I think is a whisper, but then I can hear an EVP, which I think says Sarah. Okay. And we did get Sarah a lot. Yes, we did. It was a popular name. So then the birds enter the chat, like they do the entire rest of the night. There is a stove in the parlor, which is just below the children's room, and the pipe goes up between the walls, between the children's room and Sarah and Josiah's room. And that's, I'm saying that because that's my hypothesis. I think that's where the birds are able to get in from. Mm-hmm. There are ba- yeah. baby birds in the wall in Velisca. I think they're them. probably gone now because we're recording this in, in July. So I think they're probably gone now. But at the moment in May, we had baby birds and they were t- tweeting the entire night. They, they tweeted their fun. hearts out. It was like Jiminy Cricket. I was just going to say. The bird. They tweeted. So just Sarah said the same female voice kept coming, talking very fast. And towards the end of it, she said that she was getting a physical feeling of Sarah's present and she just felt kind of ill. She said, and this is what I referred to earlier. She thinks that Sarah says she thinks Josiah was killed first. She thinks that Sarah woke up and watched in horror and that's why she's sad in the corner all the time. Mm-hmm. You were very vocal about all that. And during this time, I was doing Phasma Box and was getting the devil. You guys asked for the spirits to come talk to me. I said, yes, thank you. I said, I'm trying to. And I said, terrible help. At this point, we're getting all female voices, really, that are coming through, which is kind of unusual for Phasma Box. Mm-hmm. Normally, we get a lot of male voices. Yes. Sarah, you said that you felt sick earlier when you were doing the Phasma Box and that you did not like it. Um, And that's when then you started talking to Boydson about, you know, that he was killed first. You're picking up vibes. You said that you could see the wife watching him die in horror. Mm. And at that point on the Phasma Box, I said, I'm trying to figure it out, Sarah. Hate that for me. Now, you guys encouraged me to be more vocal about what I was seeing in my mind's eye this time. So I was. And while I sound like a complete weirdo it kind of feels like it makes sense in somewhat context there and i i mean say what you want i definitely have seen shows about the Velisca, mm-hmm. but i did not remember that josiah had been killed first you know makes sense but it just sure. didn't i mean uh, that wasn't crossing my mind when that happened so anyhow that was interesting so that kind of concludes our investigation and then we put on recorders obviously for our overnight while we go to sleep yeah should we just go room by room like what you heard in children's what you heard in the attic and what i heard in sarah and josiah's room sure Sure. so i had the attic recorder overnight and several hours in i think in all the rooms you can hear the tweety birds throughout you know 95 percent of the night yes i put in my notes so many birds i don't know how they're so loud in every room but you know good for them they really got their tweet going. So I heard a what sounds like a door shutting. Um, and then if I had my headphones in, I, I can hear what sounds like running footsteps. And then really just the rest of the night, I get several thuds, bangs. I mean, I wrote like loud thud, quiet thud, bang. And they all sound like they're right there. So many thuds and bangs. In the <laughs> attic. Yes. <laughs> with me. And in the last... 
hour or so of the recordings, um, I heard a door shutting and somebody walking around. And just remember, this is some. This is when we're sleeping yeah. all at the time. And that's really all I got in the attic. I think I maybe caught a growl there too. So I had the children's room, and when we went downstairs to go to sleep, Shadow was in the crib in the children's room and would not come with us. So. Right. I do hear some moving around and I think it's Shadow like getting out of the crib because Shadow did eventually come downstairs and sleep with Boydson. Mm-hmm. Shadow meowed right by the recorder and I about <laughs> peed my pants listening to it. So you're listening to like on full volume and headphones, white noise, and then you just hear a meow. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Except for Shadow has a deep voice. She's like, meow. Yeah, I'm a deep voice. <laughs> um, I did catch what I think is a male voice followed by a female Okay. Um, I catch, I just put something. <laughs> that may I, have been what I heard too. I put maybe growl. Yeah, it was like something deep, but I couldn't hear an mm-hmm. EVP. Mm-hmm. I heard some whistling. I hear a dragging noise. I hear another whistle and a thud. I hear footsteps, knocks. And this is like two plus hours into the recording. So we have definitely gone to sleep. I hear more shuffling and a thud, which I don't know when Shadow came downstairs to bed with us. So it could be Shadow, could be not. I hear, it sounds like a door, maybe a scream. And then I put three hours and I leave. Did I really only sleep two and a half hours? That sounds gross. Yeah. You tried to sleep zero hours. I was just going to go home. That's right. I remember Mm -hmm. that. So I slept two and a half hours and then I drove three hours home. You had to go to I something. Had, I had a baseball game for my kid. I get why I did it, but I was like, why do I hate my life? <laughs> why did I do that so to fun. myself? I was literally listening and I was like, is that me awake? Yeah. Is that me leaving? I did not sleep that much. Nope. And I hear you guys going, <laughs> when I was getting ready to leave, I thought you were both still sleeping, so I was trying to be quiet. And Boydson goes, Lindsay. I said, what? And you go, <laughs> love you. Can you hand me a nutty bar? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, can you take a picture of me and Shadow? You did say that too. Yeah. <laughs> but you were like, love you. And I was like, oh, and you go, can I have a nutty bar? <laughs> Wait, I thought you took that whenever I was still sleeping. I think you I took, asked I her took to. the picture while you were still sleeping, yes. Oh, and then oh, I asked and you're like, I already did. Yes, oh. you did ask and I said, I already did. <laughs> and then as I'm walking out, Sarah goes, let me know when you get home. Oh, we love you. And then I listened to two more hours of you guys sleeping and didn't catch anything at that point. <laughs> so Sarah and Josiah's room. Just before we go to bed, foreshadowing from Sarah, she says, don't be scared if the kitty comes down and cuddles. And what did Shadow do? She went down and cuddled with Sarah, and then Sarah kicked Shadow off because she was making biscuits on her. With her claws. I did not know that. I thought she went straight to points No, she jumped on me, and she was like, (laughs) biscuit making with her damn claws. And I was like, ow. And that woke her owl woke me up, and I was like, come on, Shadow. And so Shadow stayed with me the rest of the night. So a few of the things that I got in Sarah and Josiah's room overnight, um, pretty quick after we turn the recorder on, I get a whisper EVP. I'm not really sure what it says. Maybe Sarah. Maybe they're coming. Maybe they're rapping. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know. Their coming was like ominous, but they're rapping. I'm like, presents or songs? I wrote it down as presents <laughs> rapping, but... I mean, not like rapping rap music. <laughs> no, not like Eminem. Oh, we were playing charades for. in the house earlier, so yes. maybe they were guessing. <laughs> that was really funny. I forgot about that. So many things that I said a tap, maybe a creaking of the floor or yes. the bed, maybe some movement. I can't really tell. Yeah, same. I got several exhales. Maybe some inhales as well. At some point, I got something dropping pretty loudly. I got footsteps. And these footsteps are kind of creepy because they're too – they sound too big to be shadow, in my opinion. Like, they're making the floor creak. They sound loud as they're going down the stairs. Oh, like they sounded like yes. footsteps going downstairs. Yes, like okay. you can in the woods. It's like sounding. footsteps across the wood and then down the stairs. Interesting. Okay.
I got kind of a, this is, it repeated a couple of times, like a squeaking noise. I thought maybe, is it a harmonica note? I don't know. Is <laughs> it like the toys? whistling we were hearing? Yeah. Yeah. Toys when, moving. I'm not sure. Yeah. I wrote high pitched sounds. Yeah. That's what I was writing. I didn't know what it was. I got a, a bang, like maybe something fell or it was dropped. This, I called it a whooshing sound, but I said it could have been a distant scream or maybe a breath. And I wonder if it's the same one that you heard. Same scream, yeah. I I wrote thud few sounds later, a moan. That may have been around around that time too. And shuffling right after. And like my scream, it kind of sounded like either a scream or like a screen door that's like dragging out, like whining. Hmm. So, but none of us went to the bathroom in the middle of the night. No, and I'm hoping nobody came in. (laughs) We locked the door. We locked the door. Um, I get some walking... And then uh, just a few more taps, maybe some faint whispers. It's just kind of some bizarre stuff. But I did definitely hear a few things overnight that were kind of creepy. How did you guys sleep? I slept. I slept okay. Lindsay blew up her air mattress. Oh, my gosh. Oh, RIP. And her. I'm still so upset about that. Her air mattress popped on the corner of the wood stove. And she was going to drive home in the middle of the night. It's 3 a.m. And Sarah and I were like, absolutely not. And so I had just, Mike just got me this brand new cot. I had never, I still have not slept on it. And I was like, no, just sleep on my cot. You can drive home in the morning. She's like, no, I'm just going to drive home now or I'll sleep in my car. I was like, no, you're going to sleep on my cot and I'll sleep on this tiny ass couch. Yes. All curled up in the fetal position. So that's what I did. Yeah. And it worked fine because Shadow cuddled with me and it was kind of chilly. That is one of the reasons why I woke up. So I set an alarm and I never heard my alarm go off. I was like, what? I remember waking oh, I up before alarm. my alarm. I was wondering what that was. <laughs> yeah, my alarm did go off, but I woke up before it because I was freezing. And it's May. Mm-hmm. And I was freezing and I was just like, I guess I'm just going to go. I think I slept fine, too. I think, um, you know how when we were at Sally house and you said it was kind of just hard for you to fall asleep just mm-hmm. because you knew the stuff that had gone on there. That's kind of how I felt there. Okay. But I was able to sleep. It just was hard to kind of get over it i guess yeah yeah i need to hear the sarah's ratings of Velisca axe murder house because we have been looking forward to this place for yes years i feel like yeah and we're going just off paranormal right we're going based off paranormal and what we caught obviously okay. the place is like a 10 out of 10 experience I for think sure it's amazing yeah i think i'll go first here because i felt like i had a really good connection with this place so while we may not have caught like tons of you know, hardcore EVPs or things like that that are really like mind blowing. Mm-hmm. We still caught some really validating evidence that kind of backs up the way we were all feeling, I think. So I would give it like a seven and a half. I was going to say, you had a lot of vibes there. I, feel I like. really did. This is one of the places I feel like you've been more open to than. Yeah, and in I the didn't past. want to be, but um, with encouragement from my friends here, they they allowed me to do that. And I'm glad I did because. I feel like I was able to connect with the third Sarah of the group. I didn't make her feel any better, though. So, I mean, she was still still sad when I left. But Poison? I'm trying to take all of our evidence into account. But I'd say like a six and a half or seven. And I think the problem that we run into with names, big names, and we're mm-hmm. going to a big name place for Sarah's birthday in the fall I think the problem we run into is that it's overhyped and that you think you're going to walk into something and you're going to have all of the experiences that 20 years worth of paranormal investigators have accumulated over days and days worth of things. I think that it was overhyped in my brain and I was expecting something more. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of going to no-name places or hardly heard about places like our favorites as such as Malvern or McIntyre is because you don't have the preconceived notions. You don't have the expectations of like, oh, this is the balance of good versus evil from Zach Bagans. You have your own ideas and your own suggestions of it. So I do think that um, we caught some really great stuff and I think Mm -hmm. it was validating. I agree. I just, I am struggling personally because I just think it was overhyped in my own brain and I wanted something more. more. Yeah. I, um, I think that of the places that we've been to that are really kind of like bigger names like this, this one was probably one of my favorites, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just because of all the history there. I know that sounds really morbid, but it's just, it's got such cool history. Yeah. 
And I am a geek about stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I mean, you noticed. We love, we love true crime. My shirt. <laughs> and so being to the place that is the oldest yeah. cold case in Iowa right. is pretty cool. And then I feel like we got more vibes of like sadness more than like evil yeah, and I anger. Agree. Like nothing that we were picking up from. Yeah. And by we, I mean you. Nothing that you guys were picking <laughs> up from like the murder or anything. It was more like the feelings from the family that was left behind. I would agree. I would agree with that statement. I didn't get anything from who I would perceive as the murderer there. Yeah. 2023, here we come. I was just going to say, you know, you were saying that's the beauty about going to, you know, lesser known places. Yep. Although those places you mentioned have definitely been picking up steam. So when we go back, they'll be way more popular. Right. But the beauty about these bigger places that you go back a couple times and yep. you catch more evidence. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, make sure you check out um, our website at thetipsyghost.com and our socials will be linked from there because we will be posting some night vision camera results from there. (laughs) Give us a five-star rating and a great review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it and it really does help. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We will catch you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.